This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland Church, and we are excited uh, to be here with you today. Um, I always say this, but I really do hope you enjoyed the worship today. And now we're going to dive into the Word of God. If you're ready uh, and you're with somebody, look at them and tell them I am ready. Okay, so we're in part three of um, the Forgotten God, a study on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So the last two weeks, please go back, listen to it on our podcast. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes uh, podcast, um, YouTube, Facebook has the video of it. Um, and yeah, like we're, we're um, all over. Like it won't be hard to find us. Um, uh, but go back and listen to it. We talked about the last two weeks about who is the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to talk about uh, what does the Holy Spirit do? Talked about who he is. Now we're going to just dive into what does he do? Okay. So um, we're going to jump right in. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 16, that's our text for today. John chapter 16. And we're going to start in verse 5. So John 16, verses 5 to 8. Um, no, actually, we're going to go all the way to verse 11. So John 16, verses 5 to 11. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the word of God today. I pray that you speak through me, that you, uh, Lord, do a work in the hearts and lives of people today. God, give us something we need. Lord, give us what we really need. Lord, speak to us, challenge us, and Lord, let this be the next step in our walk with you, in our maturity, and in what you desire to do in us as Christ followers. Lord, continue, uh, and Lord, we pray that you would complete that which you have begun in us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Okay, here we go. So here it is. What does the Holy Spirit do? So I just want to just share this quickly before I jump into John 16, but here it is. This is the heart of today, is at the core, okay, of God's heart and motive of everything he does for us, in us, and through us is our spiritual growth and maturation, okay? So at the heart of God, our Father in heaven is that we as his children are growing and maturing, okay? So this is, and this isn't some outward pressure from God, like you gotta grow, you gotta grow, you're not growing. You know, it's not this, um, it's not that, but it is this, that at the heart of God, when he is leading and doing things in your life, speaking to you, leading you, convicting you, um, moving you along, directing your life. Um, We're talking about the the study of the Holy Spirit now. At the core of that, God's whole strategy and plan is that you grow, okay? it's, It's that you are growing, growing in knowledge of who he is, growing in your relationship with him, and you growing 
spiritually and in that touching every other aspect of your life. Why? All right, I'm not going to get too into this, but but this is what the, the core of today is about, is God's heart towards us is that we're growing. It, I mean, that's just, he's a father. We are his children. Every good father desires that 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 his children are growing and maturing. Okay, why? Because our maturity is directly connected to um, our ability to walk out and live out the inheritance he's given us. Okay, that's like another message, another day. But um, but here we go. Let's look at how does the Holy Spirit come into play with 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 this, with God's heart for us that we grow. Here it is. Let's start here. John sixteen, John chapter sixteen. Verses 5 to 11. Here we go. I'm going to read it. Uh, But now I go away to him who sent me. This is Jesus talking, of course. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Verse 6. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper... All right, Holy Spirit, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Verse eight, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. All right, verse nine, of sin because they do not believe in him, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Verse 11, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. What does the Holy Spirit do? Says it plainly here in verse eight. And when he has come, what does the Holy Spirit do? He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Okay. All right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna unpack this a little bit this morning. All right. But here it is. Um, if I could kind of break down a, a first point here. Here it is. He brings things to light. What does the Holy Spirit do? He brings things to light. I I can even say it this way. He brings everything to light. Why? Because that is his job description. What does he do? He convicts the world of sin. He, what does that mean, right? Uh, Of righteousness and of judgment. Okay, this is, this is, this is, there's a lot the Holy Spirit does, but if you, if you want to look at any other aspect of his attributes or characteristics, fundamentally, this is the foundation of what the Holy Spirit does in and through our lives. This is what Jesus said. It's like the first thing that really defines specifically and emphatically what the Holy Spirit does. And I'm going to read it one more time, okay? But in, in, in verse 9, uh, I'm sorry, verse 8, John 16, 8, and when he has come, what is he going to do? He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. What does he do? He brings things to light. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, what does convict mean? He reproves, he convicts, he brings to light, okay? And he exposes, okay, the wrong things in our life, okay? Now, he does not condemn but he convicts two different things. I know a lot of you out there, I'm sure know this, but condemnation will shame you in your wrong and leave you there. Conviction of the Holy Spirit is highlight, expose the wrong for the purpose of bringing freedom. 
and liberating us, okay? And so that, that's what he does. So, so he will, and this is what it means. This is what that word, this word convict means. I mean, think about this now. We talked about this in our first uh, message, a sermon for this series, and it was that he is God, okay? And he is a person. And so, and he is by name, right? The Holy Spirit, and he convicts the world of sin. So think about that, God in us right? It's a beautiful thing. It is amazing. It is a mystery, if you will. But just think about it for a second. The holy, sinless, pure, undefiled, living God dwelling in broken humanity. How many of you know that that the Holy Spirit is going to bring light? He is God, okay? And he's going to bring light to the wrong things in our life, not to condemn us, but to liberate us, not to shame us, but to deliver us. But what it means is like, he will literally convince, this is God now we're talking about, this is God. So what he will convince with solid, compelling, and irrefutable evidence, okay? That is what he does, okay? That is what he does in our lives. So, so man, as a pastor, can I be honest with you? Um, pastoring is, is, is hard sometimes, you know, um, we just, uh, we, and, and, and maybe, and I'm not just a pastor, but any believer that has a heart for people or somebody, and you see that, okay, they, they're, they're following Jesus. They, they are a Christ follower. They have the Holy Spirit. And yet you see them year after year at times, some, like constantly struggling and, 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 and fighting with habitual sin and can't get free of bitterness and unforgiveness and still time after time just struggling with addiction, chronic um, insecurity and all these things that, 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 that the Holy Spirit desires to, to deliver us from. And I'm thinking, and sometimes I can't even sleep at night thinking about some people. And it's like, you know, what is missing if the Holy Spirit is in them and doing this thing? You know, what is missing? And sometimes it's just, uh, I don't have the answer uh, per se, you know? I mean, uh, and we're all dealing with things and walking through things. But I'm here to tell you right now, if God's heart is that we mature, God's heart is that we mature. And so um, why for years and years and years are some people, even though they have God himself inside of them, why are they not growing, you know? And I don't think there's just a clear cut answer. I believe there's nuances in people's own process and journey and God is so patient with all of us and, 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 and all that good stuff. But here, but here it is, is that, is that the Holy Spirit brings light to things. Why not? So he can liberate us and liberating us. We are growing spiritually. Okay. So, so at the, once again, at the core of God's heart is that we're growing and maturing and the Holy Spirit is here to help us grow and mature in our walk and to develop and grow in knowledge of God and, and in Christ-like nature and in our behavior and in our thinking and in our words and in our actions and in our very being and existence, God desires that we grow and he has given us his very spirit 
to help us. He is the helper and he will help us in and through this. But I, I've come to realize this, folks, that maturity is the exclusive. I'm going to read from a notes here, but maturity is the exclusive defining factor of maturity and promotion in the kingdom of God. It's not giftedness, okay? Uh, 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 gifts and talents are given by grace. They are not a sign of maturity because God gives them to us by grace. They're not, it's not earned. It's not as a result of our development. It is the result of God's grace and goodness toward us that he gifts us and talents us. You know, and maturity and good stewardship are synonymous. So so here it is. So so what is missing in when when somebody that may very well have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them? It's not God's fault, right? Can I get an amen, somebody? Um, so this is a relationship that we individually are accountable to um, and we are stewards of it. And so stewardship and maturity are synonymous that um, it takes maturity to steward well. And when you steward your relationship with God in Christ, with the Holy Spirit, I guarantee you that if you steward that well, if you listen to his voice, if you take heed to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, when he convicts you of the things that are wrong, right? When he shows you, when he, in his timing, highlights something, some issue, some habit, some you know, he brings light to it, right? He's the spirit of truth. And so he brings light to it. When we listen and hear and adjust and, and receive and surrender and, and, um, and, 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 and obey, right? Like uh, the, although the, you are stewarding that relationship well and the fruit of good stewardship is spiritual maturity. All right, so let's look at this. Let's go down to verse 12. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 12. Let's read on here to verse 15, John 16, verses 12 to 15, and it says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Verse 13, however, here it is, when he, the spirit of truth, all right? Somebody say that when we say the spirit of truth. Say it again, say the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth has come, he will guide you, into all truth, okay? That, this is what the Holy Spirit does, okay? My next point is he always guides us to the truth, okay? This is what the Holy Spirit does. This is what he does. This is what he will do. He always will do. He will guide us to the truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He's a person. How do we know that? Because he can hear and he can speak. Only people hear and speak. And he will tell you things to come. Verse 14, uh, he will glorify me, for he will take up what is mine and declare it to you. We talked about this in our, in our first uh, number one of the sermon series of that he will always glorify Jesus. 
Verse 15, all things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take up mine and declare it to you. He always guides us to the truth, okay? So look, don't allow culture or anything in this natural world to define to you what the truth is. It is the Holy Spirit that leads you into truth. Does it, does it, that doesn't mean that other people can't have the Holy Spirit and they speak truth and, uh, you know, but because we're Christ followers, uh, we have the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth, okay? And the world, culture does not define truth. Culture is shifting sand and it is changing. It is not truth. Truth comes from God, from his word. Jesus, the Bible says, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, okay? Now, when we look at what he does, these first two things, I mean, they're, 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 they're not always gonna feel like uh, warm fuzzies, right? Like, And I think sometimes, um, you know, we misconstrue what the Holy Spirit really does. I mean, I, can I be honest? I think we soften it up a little bit. Um, but that, this is what he does, okay? Now, um, he is truth. He is God. When he dwells in fallen humanity, there is going to be some conviction, some challenge, some, some you know, it's going to be the truth inside of us and we have thought patterns and ways of thinking and habits that aren't from the truth. And the Holy Spirit will convict us of our sin, convict us, show us with conclusive evidence that what we are doing is wrong and he will guide us to do what is right. All right? So he, will, he always guides us in the truth. And can I just break it down a little bit more? Can I just break that down a little bit more? And here it is, is that, here's my next point, is God leads us into the uncomfortable, okay? Um, and I know that might sound uh, like, that doesn't make sense because he's called the comforter, but comforter, parakletos, comforter, counselor, he's the one that comes to our aid, okay? Comes to our aid. And so, is, does God always lead us into what is uncomfortable? No. But why did I want to break it down a little bit more here? Because the truth isn't always comfortable to us. That's why it is the truth. Okay? That's why it is the truth. The Holy Spirit knows us. He is God. He has created us. And he knows um, he, you know, it's, he is, he embodies the very mind of God and he's dwelling inside of us. And so at times he's going to put his hand on something. It's going to highlight something that makes us uncomfortable. I mean, we, we don't even need to talk necessarily about the Holy Spirit to, to know that we as humans, humanity, it is difficult to accept the truth at times. I mean, it's, that's the nature of the truth. We feel cornered, okay? We, you know, when, when you have done something wrong, 
How difficult is it to apologize in the moment? I mean, come on. It's the truth, right? This isn't, this isn't God condemning us. This is God convicting us. And without truth in the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we will not grow. We will not grow. There's, you know, we are not listening. We, 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 we kind of shutting that out. We're like, I don't want to hear that right now. Right? And, and as humans, as and me as a person, I understand. Uh, but this is the, the beauty of walking with Christ is that he will tell us the truth. He will lead us into all truth. And that is not always comfortable if the Holy Spirit has ever highlighted something and you're like, man, that is very uncomfortable right now. Um, praise the Lord, because you're going to grow. There's always, when it comes to God leading us into an uncomfortable confrontation, it always leads to more of him and less of us. That's what we want. It always leads to spiritual maturity. It never leads to, to uh, being pushed down or or destroyed. God does not do that. He will convict so we can grow. He will bring us into the uncomfortable, all right, so we can be more like him. Hallelujah. So I'm going to break this down just a little bit as far as leading us into truth. Just two real practical um, ways the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. And I believe this will make sense to some, and this might even highlight how he's led you and spoken to you and all that. But there's two things here. So once again, I just want to reiterate those. He always guides us to the truth, always. He'll never lead us into a lie, never take us into a ditch of despair, but he will take us into the truth. And in doing that, God leads us into the uncomfortable at times. Uh, we gotta, when the Holy Spirit is indwelling you, we must learn to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Because he is holy and he is God and he is the spirit of truth. All right, so there's just, there's two ways here. There's two ways and um, there might be more to this, but this is just something I wanted to share from my spirit and my heart about how the Holy Spirit leads, okay? Um, so number one, I'm gonna define it this way, is soul transformation. Okay, so what does that mean? That means, and I'm gonna read from my notes here so you get this, okay? Number one, how, how does he lead us into truth? Like, what does that really mean? So, uh, number one, soul transformation. He leads us, right, our being, our being into the truth of Christ. Why? To sanctify us and make us more like him. Okay, so in the process of Sean, human being, broken, born into sin, working out my salvation with fear and trembling. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, desires to lead me, my being, into the truth of Christ, to sanctify me and to make me more like him, right? Psalm 51, um, I didn't put this in my notes, but it's coming to mind. Uh, uh, David wrote in Psalm 51, that speaking of God, he desires truth in the inward parts. So when that happens, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. God's not angry at me. God's not condemning me. God is not hating me. God is not judging me. 
God is convicting me to set me free and to make me more like him. All right. So say when we say soul transformation. All right. And I would I would venture to guess say this is the most important way the Holy Spirit leads us in the truth. It is it, it matters more than anything because everything else is attached to this. This is what I was talking about spiritual growth. This is what I was talking about people with the Holy Spirit coming to church, following Christ, serving on the serve team, uh, doing what they do, confessing Christ, wearing the Christian T-shirt. You know what I mean? Whatever it is that may, you know carrying their Bible. But if we don't steward that well, that relationship, we don't yield to this leading of him leading me into truth of areas of my life that are untruthful, that are lies, that are things that are not in agreement with him. My, my nature, my habits, my, my, my thinking, whatever it is that is contrary to his word. Uh, my, you know what I'm saying? When, you know, uh, when, when I resist that, I will not grow. I will not grow. True spiritual growth is defined by Christ likeness. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. This is what he does. This is what he does. And sometimes I think people start following the Lord. They got the Holy Spirit. They're reading the Bible. And then they start to feel uncomfortable. And they're thinking, man, God left me. No, God is actually right there in the middle of this. He is helping you. And sometimes I think we preach this kind of feel-good gospel. We we preach this warm, fuzzy message. And I love the presence of God. I I mean it is it is absolutely satisfying, but that is not me feeling God isn't the end all be all of my relationship with God. It's just like in a marriage. Having sex is amazing. But that's not all what marriage is. Come on now. Right? That there's more to that covenant relationship. Right? There's more to it than that. I know we know that, but I think we come in to God and then and then when we when we don't feel him like we like to feel him, we we think he's gone. And and that's just poor theology. That that he is, I mean, the spirit of truth. I mean, we don't we don't even like to talk about what he does. Like real, like this is just John 16, the words of Jesus, saying what the Holy Spirit does. And and we, we gotta know that we are dealing with a holy God here. And this is love. This is love. Us getting free of things, of sin, of habit, of whatever. That is not truth. That's love. But look, it's not going to feel lovey-dovey, but it's still love. It doesn't feel good, but the outcome is always good. All right, somebody needs to say amen here. Somebody needs to say amen to this. So soul transformation. Here's the second one. This is the second way he leads us into truth. And this is beautiful. It's a part of life. It's a part of our relationship with him. Number two, life's direction, okay? So soul transformation is the most important, okay? Because it's you. It's your relationship with him. Number two, life's direction. And let me, let me read this. He also leads us in the directional things in life as far as people, places, seasons, time, you know, direction, God, Holy Spirit, what should I do? You might even be sensing him leading you 
uh, into a different career, into a, a certain uh, vocation, uh, certain uh, education or just direction, or there might be an opportunity at your work for management, a, a promotion like Holy Spirit, God, is this where you're leading me to go, right? Direction is beautiful. It's part of life. It's a part of it. So, so, so number one, soul transformation, that's about my formation. And number two, life's direction is about my vocation. God cares about both. God cares about both. But I'm telling you right now, if we get number one right, if we get if we get that right, that the vocation will will will, will flow. You'll you'll you'll, uh, you'll you'll step into that stuff, okay? And I think sometimes we're so occupied, um, we are so occupied with 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 life's direction that we forsake true spiritual formation because formation is dirty work. Come on now, formation. You know, everybody wants to get married, but don't nobody want to have a marriage. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants a wedding, but don't nobody want a 20 year marriage. I mean, they do want it, but if you want it, it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy. You're going to have to deal with some stuff. You have to get vulnerable. You have to have some talks. You're going to have some arguments. You have some disagreements. You're going to, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have some moments. Come on now. And, And we think we come into this relationship with God like, man, it's just, it's like, it's like this gospel of upward mobility. Everything is up and to the right. You know what I'm saying? And really, you know, we think serving God is like this. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be like some, some, some upward trajectory, like, like in some, in some, you know, some like corporate boardroom. Like that's what we want. We want it up and to the right. And uh, if you're looking at me, that's to your left. But you get the point, right? But guess what? Guess what that pathway is really like? It's like, it's not like this. It's like this, <laughs> right? But the end is good. But the, our journey with God is, is a relationship and it's going to get messy. Soul, tra- Everybody say soul transformation. Say, say this with me. Say transform my soul. The Bible says he restores my soul. Do you realize what it takes to actually restore something? You know, you got, you know, these uh, plenty of historical monuments in this beautiful city of Los Angeles. You know, the years, I mean, just, and this is like recent history, right? You know, you go to some nations where there's like ancient history. I've been to um, Egypt and I've seen, um, you know, the pyramids of Giza. I mean, how long have they been there? What, what have they have had to do just to kind of keep those things like intact, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, so so just think about just old buildings, right? And these, you know, you go through certain neighborhoods and actual houses people live in are historical monuments. You got the little plaque on it, but you realize what it takes to restore something. It's not some overnight, you know, thing. This thing takes work. There's dust and stuff and cleaning and and you're you're tearing down and then rebuilding and then you gotta pull this down and put some new stuff in. You gotta gut things out and fix things underneath the surface and you know what I mean? Like stuff that people don't see. It takes a lot of work. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, say amen. So here it is. I wanna just talk to you here now just about how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Like, what does he do, you know? What does the Holy Spirit do, all right? And so just to review, he brings things to light. Can I get an amen, somebody? He brings things to light. 
He always guides us to the truth. He actually guides us, the scripture says, into all truth. And because of that, it tells us that God, by way of the Holy Spirit, leads us into the uncomfortable. Can't tell me he doesn't lead us into the uncomfortable. Jesus, our great example, the Bible says that he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he went through that process, the Bible says that he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when God leads us into the uncomfortable, we come out with power and we will come through it with greater maturity. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, he speaks to us. The Bible says that in the scripture, it says he speaks expressly, okay? Uh, the Holy Spirit speaks. He hears and he speaks. He tells us what Jesus is saying. Like he, he glorifies Christ, right? So he speaks to us. He speaks to you. I believe the Holy Spirit desires to speak to you, to lead you, to reveal things to you. And so these are just kind of two, two ways he speaks to us. What does he do? He speaks to us, but here we go. Number one, he reveals, he reveals not number one, but number one in, with respect to what he says. Uh, he, next point, next point. He reveals what God said. What does that mean? He reveals the written word to us. We need the Holy Spirit. You cannot understand the scripture on a divine level without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to properly understand the Holy Scriptures. We cannot unregenerate, unsaved, Somebody without the revelation of Christ will not understand the scripture as God intended because we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So he reveals what God has said. This is the number one way God speaks to us. It's through his written word. Why? You can crack it open and he will speak to you, right? And, and the Holy Spirit will reveal what is said there. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal the scripture to us. Plenty of people have read it. I'm sure there's people out there that have read the scripture more than all of us. But without the Holy Spirit, without being born again, the Bible says, unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom. Can't even see what God is saying. Cannot see it. They cannot see it without the Holy Spirit. So he reveals what God said. Here's the next thing. Um, he tells us what God is saying. Okay, two different things. He reveals what God has said. So I, I, with respect to the written word of God, but he also tells us what God is saying. In the moment, maybe even the directional things in life, maybe there's an area of your life, right? So it's not that he just reveals the written word. He actually speaks to us and leads us as to what God is saying. It might be a seasonal change. It might be, some direction. It might be, man, I feel like God's leading me to do this. I feel like God's leading me to start serving at church. I, I you know, so, so it's not that you, that, that moment of God speaking to you isn't necessarily through the written word. It's that he is a person and he hears and he speaks and he leads and he guides and he's telling us what God is saying, not just what he has already said in his word. All right, and so I noticed there's like kind of two, two ways, two, you know, there's there, there, there's more to this, but just to kind of simplify, like 
there's kind of like these two ways the Holy Spirit leads and speaks to us. It's through the written word and it's directly by his spirit. And I notice at times there's, you know, there's people that maybe are stronger in one than the other. And so sometimes um, what I've noticed, and you know, and this is just observation, but, but the point is, and I'll say that, but let me say this first, is that it's, it's both and, okay? And, and this is why I say it's both and, because some people are so, they are locked into that written word. Yeah, and that beautiful, stay locked in. But it's kind of like, um, sometimes people that are maybe a little bit more pragmatic and kind of reality-based type of people, it's like, man, they're so locked in, they're pragmatic, you know? Pragmatic people have, have an understanding of what God has said in the word, but, but find it difficult to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in their daily life, okay? Or it's just, it's just you know, they, they, they're more strong in the written word, but not so strong in being led by the voice of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit in their everyday life. Amen? Can I get an amen there? And then you got maybe more spiritually inclined people, more what I would call, and this is just language I use uh, that I'm familiar with, is like prophetic people. It's like they know what God is saying, but, but they can't tell you what he said, right? So, so they're so out there, like they're hearing from God. Like you can ask them, what's God saying? And they'll be like, man, I stepped out of my house and I saw this and God spoke this and man and this. And, and they're literally able to kind of, in, um, in, in, in a sense, and I mean this in a positive way, like hear the voice of God, you know, but, but, but they lack being grounded in the written word, okay? I heard one preacher say it this way, prophetic people, um, you know, they, 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 they know what God is saying, but they can't tell you what he said, okay? Um, and so they lack scriptural understanding as to what he already clearly stated in the word. We need both. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through both. Amen? Okay, here we go. Second Peter chapter one, verse 12. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Here it is, though you know and are, here it is, established in the present truth. I love that, present truth, being the present. Not, not, we're talking about what does the Holy Spirit do? Not just the truth that was written and canonized 2,000 years ago, amen? But present, today, 2021, what is God telling you? And how is he saying it? Through the Holy Spirit. And Peter was writing this letter saying, man, you guys are established not just in what God said, but present here now, the truth of the voice of the Holy Spirit now in the written word as well as his direct voice to us. So, so present truth is something we possess now. It is in our hand. It's, it's literally in our heart and our soul right now that we can be established. We can be stable. We can be placed firmly, strengthened, and in a very determined place, established in present truth. Not just the truth from antiquity, but the truth in the current reality of the world we live in there is present truth. Why? Because the spirit of truth guides us, directs us, and instructs us into all truth. All right? Here is my last point, church. This is my last point. God's end game is your freedom. 
Once again, what is God's end game? It's your freedom. This is my last point. God's end game is your freedom. Pastor Sean, why it's why uncomfortable? Because um, it's the pathway to freedom. Pastor Sean, man, why 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 the conviction? Why the truth? Um, because that's the way to freedom. That is the way to freedom. You know, you know, freedom is a road less traveled. Why? Because it costs you. Maturity. Why is that such a road less traveled even in the church? Because it's not easy. It requires good stewardship. It requires facing the truth at times. And 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 but God's end game is freedom. That that's that that that's true. That that is true. Um, uh, you know, throughout the, the scriptures and history. I mean, the Bible says that for this purpose was the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. His purpose, his end game was your freedom, but it will cost us. Come on, it will cost us at times. So the pathway to freedom always begins with truth. It always begins with truth. You shall know the, come on, talk to me, truth, and the truth shall set you free. All right, spirit of truth. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment, right? He will guide you into all truth. If you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Here it is, my last verse. My last verse here, 2 Corinthians 3.16. Here it is. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, somebody say truth, the veil is taken away. Say freedom. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is the spirit. We, we discussed this in, the, in uh, session one, sermon one, the first one of this month. Now the Lord is the spirit, the spirit of the Lord. He is God. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Somebody say freedom. Say this with me. Say God's, God's end game is my freedom. Say it again. Say God's end game is my freedom. Now where the now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's also truth and there's also the uncomfortable, but there is liberty. Verse 18, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed. There we go. Soul transformation, Holy Spirit, truth, liberty, we are being, being transformed, process, metamorpho in the, in the Greek language. It, it denotes a process. It's not like this instantaneous miracle. It is a journey, a process of change that, that in change and true transformation is time. It, it, there's time in there. It, it, it is over a period. It is, it is not an instantaneous change. In Christ, our position, our authority, our seat, what we have access to is instantaneous. Our position is absolute, but the transformation of the soul is a journey and a process. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Somebody say process. Just as, here it is, just as by 
the spirit of the Lord. All right, liberty, freedom from the bondage of sin. It really means freedom from slavery. Sin is slavery. And the Holy Spirit is here to convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment, to lead us into all truth so we can be transformed in the outcome of true transformation is freedom and liberty, okay? This is the Greek definition of transformed and I am almost done. Transformed, metamorpho. This is what it means, I love this definition. Resplendent with a divine brightness. His image for mine, right? Transformation, resplendent with a divine brightness that by the spirit of God, the truth that he leads me into, that my life today uh, would exude a, a better quality of life, of the quality of who Christ is more than yesterday, that my tomorrow uh, it, my hopes are that I am more like Jesus tomorrow than today, that I would be resplendent with a divine brightness. And this is what it means. This is what metamorpho means. It means because of being with the Holy Spirit, there is a divine after effect, meaning because I am with him and he is with me, I end up different. Come on now, we need to say Holy, we want the, we want the divine after effect that because I am with this person through time, I become more like him. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I am being transformed. Let me pray for you. Father, just thank you for everybody here today. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would continue your work of transformation. Father God, I pray that they would be, that, that the transformation would continue. I pray that they would go from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I pray, God, that they would behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord and that they would be transformed into the same image. God, change us. Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth so we can be more like Jesus. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.